0: Give them father for they know not what they do because once again they're here to soil this world with more men seeking tomahawks it is i jack drastic dan are you circumcised yes thanks for asking do you, how you know is it, is it know? appropriate to ask you the question in return I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't. Is there a way to know? Ask your mom. Or is there like, is this like a barbershop thing where like they could have given me like a two and I just didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I have questions. I'm 40. I still have questions, Dan. Yeah. I'm not the one to ask, but um, well,
1: yeah. I got a zero. Else?
0: Okay. You got it. You got the zero. Okay, cool. Not a fade. Not Sideburns. Nothing. I mean, maybe. Straight up. Maybe. You know what? You you're don't right. know. I don't know how you tell. You really don't know. I don't know, and I don't know how you're supposed to tell. So that's not, the show is not about circumcision, right? We're not changing the plan that last minute? not the plan, no. Okay, that was not the plan. Um, oh, man. Okay, so I'm just trying to use levity here, because uh, as of uh, over 12 hours ago, uh, about 14 hours ago, I lost something that I've had for 10 years, Dan, Oh, no, and that's not our friendship because we've been friends for more than 10 years. So, yeah, whew,
1: a little bit of a no, a bit of a no, so, no, no, is it?
0: No, I uh, I lost my Reddit profile. It is gone. And this is going to sound very radio sticky because it is very much uh, having to do with what we're discussing here this evening. But uh, I woke up this morning around 630 ish. And, you know, grab the phone, go to see what's going on current event wise. And I, I go to the reddit.com and I'm not logged in, which is weird because I'm always logged in. And I immediately knew something was off. And so I went to uh, f- to to hit my password and it's auto saved on my phone. Not working And so I was like, hmm, maybe let's search my username. Let's see if uh, anything's gone catastrophically wrong. And it had because someone has stolen my Reddit login. And what they did with it was for the next hour or so before they got shut down, they were posting uh, a brand new cryptocurrency that they wanted people to invest in. On all sorts of different subreddits. And so I was able to clickety-clack my way to the mods and say, guys, hate to tell you, but I no longer have access or control of my profile. And they are, uh, they are spamming your subreddits. And so. Did you have like a backup profile that you were having to use to make these communications? uh, They were, there's like email uh, addresses you can go to, but no, I'm, I am without Reddit profile. It is gone. After I've had that profile for 10 years. I've used it to communicate with almost every musician we've ever played on this show, not to mention countless other things. Uh, and it's gone. So there's and, no way to uh, recover it? I don't know. Uh, to be continued. It's an and ongoing saga. Down? Is that what happens is Reddit shuts it down? They did, yeah. If you search for Jack Drastic on the uh, Reddit, it is uh, It is.
2: User nothing deleted. under that
0: page, user deleted kind of thing. So we'll stay tuned. But the, the funny, the irony here is that the whoever this jackass who stole my precious login is, they were they were posting about investing. And that's actually what we were planning to discuss all along this evening. So how about that? It's like it was meant to be. And, you know, we were, we were meant to
1: record this on a different day and it didn't happen. And it's almost like this, uh, mystery man or woman who
0: took over your account might've had something to do with it. Wow. That is deep. That is some lost level third tier planning that probably didn't happen, but maybe you never know. You never know. So Dan, uh, do you, would you like to uh, tease this out a bit? Tell people what they're in for this evening because you, you are the, uh, you are the, the brains behind this outfit. I'm the looks. You're the one who knows everything about investing, not me. Well, this happening to your account is is kind of one of the, not that specific instance,
1: but just how hot cryptocurrency and stock market fluctuations and all these things. It seems like you hear about that type of stuff more right now than we ever did before, um, especially with the cryptocurrency, but then real estate's going crazy, and kind of every type of investing is just hot button issues. So I figured it was well time that we
0: brought it up on the show. It's time, friend. It's time. So I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about that, but I'm also very, very excited about our first musical interlude, Dan, because I'm not sure if this has ever happened before, but we actually have a world debut uh, single this evening. How about that? You know what? It was bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Somebody entrusted us and I'm excited about this. So Coming up next, guys, we're going to chit chat about investing and all that implies. But first, from the upcoming EP Vision Board uh, coming out this Friday, June 4th, uh, 2021, in case you're listening in the future. Hi, future person. This is Binary Lion with Hello featuring Amandala right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks.
2: you a bit or a whole lot (laughs) i miss the moments we had together the inside jokes we always shared
0: the dates we used to go on and just hanging out i know we're still trying to figure things out but i don't think we should be weird about it i'm still here please call me when you can Binary Lion. The track was Hello, featuring a mandala. That is off the upcoming EP vision board. You can find that Friday. A little bit of deep electronic house music from Africa, Dan. How exciting. I'm, uh, that's super cool. I'm just, yeah, I love the international flair. You bet. You damn bet. All right, Dan, take it away. Lead us to Riches. Right. That's what you're doing. Yeah. So since you said that, uh, no,
1: no official financial advice here. As you know, you'll uh, you'll hear on every financial TV show that you watch. It's like CNBC. Don't listen to what we're saying, please.
0: Forgive the poor soul who may mistake us for being people they should listen to for financial advice. Sure, there's one at least.
1: Um, But yeah, it's as I mentioned before we coming going into the break all I see on the news anymore is people talking about Bitcoin, Bitcoin's up, Bitcoin's down, Uh, real estate prices going up, real estate prices in other parts of the country going down, stock market surging, stock markets crashing. And obviously those are things that have always been kind of in the conversation, at least like stock market and stuff. But I just feel like now social media, formerly on Reddit for you, um, all these places, that's just like what I see always on the timeline, always on the front page. So Thought it was time we talked about it a little bit, brought it up, Um, and you and I actually our investing paths converged for the first time, I guess you could say, four or five months ago. Um, So we'll get there. But I wanted to take a step back and kind of share my investing journey with you because I don't think we've ever talked about it before. And I think there's some like funny stories and stuff along the way that led me to, you know, budding up with you, and and we'll we'll talk about how that went a little bit later on. But and I do want to also hear from you. But my first experience with investing was I think it was like the fifth grade, and Jake DiPioli, his dad came in to talk to the class. And it wasn't like one of those bring your like career day or something where parents would come and talk about what they did. I think it was just like part of a math class or something. And he came in and talked to us about like what's the stock market? Like I invest in stocks and I want to teach the kids about stock investing. And as I'm, I'm thinking back, like one of the super funny things and kind of ironic or not ironic, but just weird things looking back at it now is this was before the Internet and before, I mean, not before the Internet, before anyone was on the Internet, like call it mid 90s um, CNBC, I don't think was a thing. So like it just like stock market investing, it's it, it, it feels like it was something for, for the elite or for the super smart, rich people um cuz i remember him saying hey this is like what the stock market looks like and he opened up a newspaper and i don't know if you know if you remember this but like the business section of the newspaper used to have just pages and pages of like every stock in existence and it was just like super tiny print in rows of like this was the price yesterday this is the price you know two weeks ago and it was like ridiculous
0: it's always like when you see that there's that documentary about people that used to do like the the people who invented fantasy baseball and how they were cutting out box scores, and even your story about the same thing with football. I'm out. Like the just, doing, just, just thinking about something as frivolous and silly as fantasy sports, having to clip things and read, you know, six point font in the newspaper, six point font numbers in chart form. Uh, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine.
1: Well, and that's why it's it's going to be funny when we get to you know current times when we talk about the tomfoolery we had Um, it was just never a possibility back then it didn't seem like but I remember when he was trying to teach us you know you have to explain to these kids what what a stock is what the stock market is and it was funny because he tried to kind of relate it to us and I don't know if you remember this brand Massimo but for some reason it's like clothing and this stuck out to me and he's like you know the cool things about stocks are you can actually own a piece of any of these companies you like so whether it's drinks you like like coke or movies you like, like Disney, or clothes you like to wear, like Massimo, and that one just stuck out to me because that was like the cool skater brand yep. in, in elementary and middle school. Uh, but he says, like, that's what it is. You can actually own parts of these companies that you like and you support, and all that. You can be an owner, and that seemed pretty cool to a kid.
0: Okay, so along those lines, because we're both former pro wrestlers, you just you just reminded me of something I haven't thought about in twenty years. I was in economics class. And this must've been sophomore year in high school and same time frame you're talking, right? No computers in any rooms. If they are, they are not hooked up to any internet. And we did a contest like every, there was little pods in our, our economics class and each one of us had to do investing and it was all simulated. The teacher would take it home and plug it into whatever system. So me, being pro wrestling fan that I was, this was just when the WWF had gone public. And this was right around the time of WrestleMania. So I'm like, guys, the stock, it was like, it was like a $2 stock or something like that. And it, it was the, the week up to WrestleMania, the stock shot up from like, let's call it $2 to $7. And we were destroying. No one was within a mile of us. And now me, my dumb ass, and God, this must be foreshadowing now that I'm working this out in my head. <laughs> I'm like, guys, 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 that was WrestleMania. SummerSlam is right around the corner. This stock is going through the roof. We're, will they just put it all in WWF in like a day or two after WrestleMania? Pff, just done. It was, <laughs> it was, oh. I was not a financial uh, analyst then, nor am I now. So that's hilarious because that was going to be my
1: next kind of phase of my journey was exactly what you described. So
0: oh, you did the con, you did the same, did the, the simulation. Contest- oh man, stock
1: market game, and that yeah. was going to be one of my questions. Like I couldn't remember if we did it like just as a class, but I felt like there was like some kind of national thing that all these different economics class classes yeah. participated in and kind of competed it must have been one another.
0: But we didn't know it, right? Because our teachers, none of us had internet, so economics teacher just shows up and hey. Uh, Here's this thing, fill out this form. Okay, cool. We're in. Yeah, but I mean it was it was cool because you got to set
1: each team got a set amount of imaginary money and you got mm-hmm. to pick your stocks and then over the course of time like you said, you got to you got to um, you know, keep score and see who won the most money or or made the yeah. most money or lost the most money. And as I'm like thinking through this now, this had to have been something that was like sponsored by Ameritrade or or one of these companies because like you're basically grooming kids to learn how to buy stocks. So then several years later when they have money, then they'll be ready to to go into investments, right? Like this is
0: training kids on how to spend money on stocks. That makes sense. But man, it's, it's, it's kind of like what you said, dude, like stock market stuff up until recently for me has had always been something that somebody else did. Like there was, you know, there was uh, expenses involved in it and the amount of capital you needed, to me it always made it like this is not something that i do it's not something that anybody does so it's weird to think about telling kids and you're probably right it was probably a sponsored thing but it's weird to think about telling inner city houston kids oh get used to get familiarized with investing and then being like and then also you're going to make 750 an hour at the job you're at for the next 10 years and good luck or with 20 years actually
1: right that's 20, yeah,
0: wage yeah exactly so man that's interesting
1: Yeah. So, so, but yeah. So, so that was the first kind of um, like real trading stocks experience I had again, imaginary, but where you were actually picking stocks and seeing the result. And then fast forward a few years later when I got my first job, and this sounds like this didn't happen to you, but my dad sat me down. He's like, okay, now, you know, you're 16 and you've got a job. You've got to figure out like how much of that money you're saving, kind of like your typical economics financial savings kind of discussion you know not the birds and the bees talk but the more important one like this is long-term planning right here mm-hmm. but uh but yeah so we talked about it one of the things he said is well you can save money and like he was starting to talk to me about the stock market and i was like oh yeah you know i remember the game and i remember jake D'Poli's dad coming and talking to us and he started talking to me about this concept of mutual funds which mm-hmm. i think is like a um it's basically like a pool of stocks Right, that all have a theme. Like you have a tech mutual fund, so all the technology companies might be in this this grouping of, of of stocks, to where you buy or you invest in the mutual fund. So then it's not just one stock. That if that company craters, you've got right. all those other companies that kind of offset it. So you're kind of heading
0: more of a long term investment as opposed to a get rich quick kind of thing.
1: Right, trying to ride one single stock high or low. Right. Um. So that was my first actual investment uh, actions where my own money was going was mutual funds and just through Schwab. And I think you've used Schwab before, like super basic investing.
0: Okay. So um, hold on, hold on. You're 16. How much, I mean, ish, are you talking hundreds, thousands that you had no, at that I mean point? Hundreds, okay. Hundreds. It was more like, um,
1: you know, kind of like that game was kind of getting you in the, that yeah. muscle memory of just putting money away, that kind of thing. Same concept. And I can't remember, but you know, if you get like a $500 Christmas gift from grandma or something like that, there was stuff like that that I would kind of dump in there. And, you know, that money's gone all over the place at this point. But um, one of the fun things I did in Schwab, and this is fast forwarding a little bit, but, you know, one of my like successful investments, I should say, or I could say, um, was when American Airlines, if you remember, they actually went bankrupt about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I had like in the Schwab account, Probably just maybe a few thousand dollars at that point, just kind of built up and saved. And I remember when American Airlines went bankrupt, I just went on the Schwab site and saw like 30 cents a share. Like that seems really small. And you look at, oh, before they went bankrupt, it was like $50 a share. And I was thinking, you know, every, it went down because everyone's saying, oh, American Airlines might go out of business. I just remember thinking like, I know a lot of people that work in American Airlines and being in Dallas, based in Dallas, American Airlines, it was like your a best staple. Year. It was like yeah. a staple. So it was just like, oh, there's no way American Airlines mm-hmm. is going to go out of business. So I just kind of on a whim, put all the money in American Airlines. And then over the course of a year at like quadruple or not quadruple, but like 10 or 20 X what it was. Holy cow. So that, like, yeah. So like $2,000 turned into like $30,000 or something insane like that. Um, wow. So that was like my, I would call like my biggest investing win, um, just on a whim. And, you know, of course you always look back and say, oh, had I put five thousand into it or yeah uh, like could the, the shoulda could have would have yeah yeah that's, that was absolutely but that you was can my, never um, you cannot play that game No, you can't Um, so that was my kind of stock investing history and then as I worked through college and got out to the real world discovered podcasts and somehow got in a rabbit hole of like real estate investing and stuff so kind of since that time that's been like where my interest is is not necessarily stocks and mutual funds but you know, Hey, can you buy a, buy a house and hold on to it and rent it out? And as the math goes, 20 years later, it'll double in value. And then you've got a retirement account kind of sitting within several houses. So that's really been my focus, um, since uh, I'll call it the last decade or so, probably since you and I have known each other, it's more property um, is in property. Yeah. That is until a few months ago when you and I, you made uh, the poor decision, I made the poor decision to listen to you. So yep. at this point, I'm going to kind of kick it to you because when I asked you before the show about your history with investing and stuff, you more or less said, Hey, it started six months ago when we started having that conversation. I said, perfect. I can get us to that point. <laughs> but then I'm going to have to, then I'm going to have to kick it to you to tell me where things went sideways.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sideways. I don't know to, to be determined. Right. But, you know, it's really interesting. And I think I do this to you a lot, probably just to try to make you uncomfortable. But you had really good parents and like your upbringing was slightly different from mine and never had either one of those talks, to be honest. And uh, so, so I think it's cool that you kind of got into that and you got into like seeing what you could do with money early on. I, I'll say this. I did the like the the, the I, what I would consider the base level. Uh, investing that you should. I like. I set up 401k as soon as I could, and you know, got retirement investing situated to some extent. And I've always been good about that. I've always contributed, you know, the max, blah blah blah. Uh, but then, you know, pandemic happens, right? And I'm I'm doing okay at work, and I'm not spending it because where are you going to go spend it other than you know the grocery store and the the liquor store, basically? And so I had a little bit of money put away. And then all of a sudden, before I lost my Reddit credentials, I find Wall Street Bets, which is the, the kind of what is going to, and if it hasn't already become the subreddit of great import for this wacky ass GameStop story. So what I what I wanted to do was kind of give a very oversimplified explanation of that whole thing from my Layperson uh, interpretation of it, and kind of weed into how you and I kind of got involved in it. So, the long and short of it, if you're not aware at this point, and I, and you know that I think this is fair. Sometimes I feel like we're over explaining things, like we're telling people what a garage sale is and stuff like that. And there's probably some value to that to somebody, but I've had enough people in real life come up to me and say, "What the hell happened to GameStop?" To give me enough confidence to think maybe. This is of some sort of value to somebody. So what is a what is short selling and what is a short squeeze? That's something that a lot of people have asked me in, in reference to, to this whole situation. And the, the most simplified version of a definition I can give you is that short selling is a finance practice in which an investor known as a short seller borrows shares and immediately sells them uh hoping to buy them back later uh, at a lower price to uh and then return the borrowed shares plus interest to the lender and then profit off the difference if 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 that makes sense it's basically betting on a company right uh failing essentially okay so what is a short squeeze then a short squeeze occurs when the shorted stock jumps in value due to, for instance, a sudden piece of favorable news. Obviously, uh, GameStop had a lot of positive buzz, a lot of it originating from Reddit. Short sellers are then forced to buy back the stock they had initially sold in an effort to keep their losses from mounting. Purchasing the stock to cover their shorts... Raises the price of the shorted stock, thus triggering more short sellers to cover. Uh, I.e., in layman's terms, stock goes up. And so this guy, uh, known as Deep Effing Value or the Roaring Kitty on YouTube, uh, I started reading him on this Reddit uh, sub forum, right? And he basically said, "Hey guys, look, there's this. You know, there's this company, GameStop. We're all familiar with it." And I think it's undervalued. And the, the, the amount of analytics that were, were, were able to be ascertained by the layperson showed that this whole short selling concept, it doesn't actually, uh, this is the crazy bit about it, Dan, is that it doesn't actually require that you own physical shares. And what that ends up meaning is that people can borrow more shares than actually exist. And so these people, and and some of them are very, like it's all anonymous and it's all just people on online forums and you don't know what you're getting. You know, you might as well be listening to us at some points because it's like you have no idea who you're listening to. But I heard enough people echo the same sentiment that, hey, people have borrowed against GameStop hard. So hard, in fact, that there's more than a hundred percent of shares that are being borrowed. And so I was intrigued. I'm like, you know what? I've done a little bit of dabbling. I've had, like, I had some stocks that I was, I got through work. Um, I bought some Tesla because you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer in that whole thing. And I said, you know what? I'm not going on. I'm not going to a casino. Uh, I'm not going on vacations. I got this little bit of money set away. What the hell? Why not? This kid is telling me GameStop. Okay, so in January, into January, I ended up putting a, a, a substantial amount of money into GameStop, and then I started to tell my friend Dan some of these crazy, you know, tinfoil hat things that I'm kind of halfway understanding that I'm reading people say in financial subreddits. And Dan's like you know what? Yeah. And for the first time in in his life, he made the mistake of actually listening to me. Now I, I never really got the full Monty on where you started or ended with any of it, but I will, I will confide to you that I did okay. Like I did not do that kid deep f in value. I think he turned $50,000 into $50 million. I did not do that. My numbers were much lower, uh, to start and to finish. Uh, it, I lost a lot. I've slowly, but surely built that up and, uh, it's been fun. You know, I'll say this you know what, I'm going to give you a, a chance to tell me your thoughts on this be- before I go into my full thoughts on it.
1: So real quick, when you
0: say you lost a lot,
1: that's like the imaginary gain, not from like how much you invested, like you're not upside down in your investment.
0: Unrealized. That's the, that's the phrase you, you, you don't lose anything until you cash out, which is the, which is the huge difference. I really think what I've learned in this last year of doing this crazy stuff is that the stock market is a casino. It really is. It's, and it's a lot to do with alchemy. Like I would say this, as much as you should not trust what people on internet are telling you about financial advice, you should probably be skeptical of people who are actually taking your money too to give you financial advice. Because when you pull the curtain back just slightly, you realize that it is, it's just, it's alchemy, Dan.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you, I mentioned that my interest lately and really for the past 10 years or so has been more with real estate, less with stocks. And a lot of that has to do with because, yes, you're buying a stock and owning, technically, like a percentage of this company. And if you were, in theory, to buy enough stocks, you could own a substantial percentage of the company. Now, most stockholders don't, but that's something that you literally are owning a share of the company. But there is such a disconnect to me between I'm an owner of this company versus having any influence or say or any... Grasp on the company itself. And I think that's the hard thing.
0: I've got votes. I can vote at the next shareholder meeting. I, I have a ballot. Yeah. So with stocks, and this is like super in the weeds, but they've got like
1: preferred shares and common shares and all that. So, Jack, you're one common share, but then somebody who is sitting on the board or something, they have one preferred share. Their preferred share gets like 10 million votes. share and yours gets like one vote so there's all this like you could call it alchemy and it's kind of like that like there's all these there's all these rules and and technicalities that you don't know about that really sure you are you do have a vote but you really have no say so for me the ability that if you own a house or you own you know people would say the same thing about gold or precious metals or artwork even like you can literally hold your investment see your investment walk around with your investment. Like it's a thing that you can put your hands on. Yeah. Whereas an investment in a stock that you really don't have that type of control over. And I think a lot of people that, you know, say I'd rather bury my money in the backyard than buy a stock that I have no control over. I just see these numbers going up and down on TV every day.
0: Well, that's okay. And I think that really does
1: lead to the hesitancy.
0: And, and I, and agreed. I think that it's important to realize that there is risk with any investment, whether it's a house or, A share of GameStop. Um, for me, this went a little bit deeper though. Uh, so the last year has sucked. And again, this is not a show about COVID. Um, man, but dude, getting my second vaccine shot and just feeling like we're kind of moving out of it. Oh my God, I I feel so much better in the last couple of weeks than I have for a while. And to think about when I did invest in GameStop, you know what it was for me, Dan? It wasn't Trump. It wasn't COVID. It was it was a distraction. And there there is no valuation on what I how much I needed a distraction at that point. You know, I mean waking up every day, I mean like I said I work in medical, I was dealing with death, you know, you know right in front of me. And so to have these crazy kids on Reddit saying you know, explaining this thing that I kind of halfway understood, it was, it was a vacation for my brain, you know, and, and and not only that, so you had the distraction element of it, but for me, it was also the principle, right? Because you and me graduated from college about the same time. And we both graduated into the, the housing market collapse and, you know, uh, great recession. They called it right when we were graduating. Yeah. And, and we watched, we watched these hedge fund people Get rich off of the world collapsing. You know, we couldn't find jobs. You know, it was, I mean, it was, it was crazy. I mean, the, the last episode we were talking about garage sales. I was doing a garage sale because I couldn't find a job, you know, like, uh, you know, it sucked. And so to not only have a distraction during COVID was precious to me, but the other bit for me, Dan, was that it, it seemed like it was a, an opportunity. And those, those hedge funds, those guys that were betting against these, these companies, I mean they've lost billions at this point you know and that's I think it's the principle of it as well for me
1: yeah and you know the other thing is when when I was talking about first learning about stocks in the fifth grade or whatever and it was basically newspapers but you know what is that stock in the newspaper I wouldn't know how to go about buying that stock if I wanted to yeah whereas the other thing that's happening now and you mentioned this is w- with technology and with accessibility for these stocks. Oh, you bet. Now you've got Robinhood and you've got all of the legacy like your Schwab. It still used to be like a maze to buy a stock on Schwab and now everyone's trying to keep up with Robinhood which is, you know, call it 10 minutes after deciding you wanted to you want to start trading stocks, you're actually trading stocks and buying stocks and selling stocks and crypto now too. Um, so like that accessibility just has started hitting at the right time for then that GameStop um, fad or whatever you want to call it to hit and it all was like a perfect storm and like you said the Trump conversation was over um, people were done talking about COVID like it was just like tiresome people didn't want to just keep regurgitating the same thing so it was a perfect storm all these things happening at once they got people excited and that's what got me excited too because when you got into the GameStop thing you got in early enough to where even though it's down now from where it was the stock price was at its peak you're still sitting better than you were when you bought the stock, right? Me, I got in in the middle of the hype train. So, mm-hmm. do you remember how high the stock actually went? I don't remember like what the peak was.
0: The peak was uh, pre market was like five hundred dollars at one point. Okay,
1: five hundred dollars, and you got in in the the double digits. Is that right? Or yes, like yes. okay, you got uh, in at the double digits. Yeah. um, I got in about two fifty. Hmm. Uh, so. At times when it was getting up to four or five hundred, and we were, you know, you were telling me about what diamond hands mean (laughs) and and rocket emojis (laughs) and all this tendies, Um, tendies. Um, I was excited. I was like, I got in at two fifty, but Jack's telling me this thing's going to be at a thousand in no time. Um, Maybe three thousand is what the Reddit was saying. So I was excited. Yeah. Um. But you know, now as we talk today, it's one seventy five, and I'll tell you, Jack. Several weeks ago, when I sold it, it was at one fifty. Hmm. Um. Because. Because you realized I, I had seen on Reddit that there was something more exciting than GameStop to put my money into. What was that? DogeCoin. Oh gosh! So I got into DogeCoin yeah. at thirty dollars, perfect, or thirty cents. I'm sorry, thirty cents per DogeCoin. <laughs> I just took all of my money from the GameStop, took my losses out, put it into DogeCoin, and guess what? It hit two weeks ago, Jack. A lot more than thirty cents, right? 77 cents it was like you know (laughs) it was more than double like okay yeah yeah. this this opportunity that i lost with gamestop of doubling my money i can now have that have that chance to get up to 70 you know double it on dogecoin but you know what guy across the street from me said oh mark cuban says it's gonna go over a dollar next month so i was like (laughs) i'm not gonna sell it and you know where it's at now it's at less than i paid for it so now i've lost even more money in dogecoin and that's why I don't want to do stocks. I don't want to do crypto. I just want to sell it all and cry
0: and not ever gamble with my money again. It's all gambling, Dan. That's all life is. Okay, just calm down. You know, I'll say this: Um, it's it is. uh, There, there's a lot of there's a lot of negative. Right, there's a lot of people that are losing stuff, um, and it's it's sometimes funny, but it's sometimes really sad. Uh, in your case, it's kind of funny. Uh, let's be kinda honest, funny. but I will say this: the, the 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 people who have done well or or are done okay in this, they're they're you and me's, you know. They're they're thirty year olds, they're twenty year olds, um, and instead of being like dragons sleeping on mounds and mounds of gold, uh, kind of like some of these, you know these rich a-holes are, I mean, there's been movements, uh, in, uh, surrounding this community where they are investing heavily in protecting gorillas in the wild. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of charities, a lot of charitable, uh, contributions made based off this. So, you know, it does, it sucks when, you know, it doesn't work out, but it has worked out for some people. And they've done they have they've done good with it. And that's that's pretty cool. But that is cool. And and I, I do like the concept of the man did get it stuck to
1: them. Like yeah. we heard those stories of the hedge funds when the short sale and kind of that convoluted thing you described earlier. But the moral of that story is a lot of the big money greedy hedge funds that have been taking advantage of the little guy that you're describing for decades, um, they got it stuck to him once and perhaps a formula has been found to keep sticking it to them. And yeah. ultimately like they're not going away, but they might stop being so predatory on the little guys and kind of taking advantage of those people like you and I, who are just trying to, you know, make a little bit of extra scratch for the family.
0: You bet. Yeah. And, and I'll say this kind of in closing kind of given off to, to, to bounce off of what you said earlier is, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I'm old, but I'm kind of old. I've seen some stuff, right. And I'm, I'm always asto- astonished by what the modern technology has done to democratize so many things, right? I mean, I worked for a major camera manufacturer for several years and I watched as, you know, HD footage could be shot on something that cost a thousand bucks as opposed to 500,000 bucks you know, and it, and it opened up, you know, filmmaking. And then look at this. I mean, podcasting, you know, you and I have been doing this a long time. I mean, you have the world's biggest flipping, you know, podcasting conference. You know, we see it, we see what this means to so many people. And now to see what it might do, what it might mean for people who can now pay medical bills, you know, that they, they couldn't otherwise do, you know, this is, this is life-changing and it's all thanks to technology, you know? So, I know that kind of is old manish of me, but it—that's how I feel. I feel like it's pretty astounding. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's 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 good. It's a good. Um, some people there's some issues with technology and progression and things like that, but I do think that um, kind of flattening the what do you call it, like flattening, what, evening the ball playing field or, or whatever the whatever yeah. the saying is. I feel like it's a lot more level of a of a playing field for, for those of us, like you said, the, the big guys, the little guys. And, um, it's a, it's a positive, you know, some of us lost money being too aggressive and taking advantage of that accessibility, but I see you gearing up the music over there. And I know you do have a a track to play for us. So let me, uh, make a clean break here and just say this, uh, when we come back, you know, you and I have been working on something on the side and I think it's a revolutionary thing that we're going to share with people, um, kind of on this investment finance, not gonna call it get rich quick but it's something that we definitely are interested in sharing with the audience
0: so stick around after the song and we'll get right to that whoa i'm excited about that teaser and what's coming up after this but more importantly i'm excited about this dan because i love jazz as much as you love electronic i love the jazz and i finally got a jazz musician this is actually a debut uh single for him so Uh, Coming up next, Dan has something that you have to hear. But first, you have to hear uh, the artist Jack Cole with Balcony right here on Men Seeking Tomahawks. debut single for the young man. It's Balcony. Fantastic stuff. If you'd like to hear more from Jack Cole or any of the other musicians featured on this program or any other episode, go to menseekingtomahawks.com.
1: Hey, Jack, you you said the song was over. You just read all the credits and everything, but I'm still hearing something in my headphones. It's a different song. Um, We've got our big segment revealing the Tomahawk Nation, how we'll make them rich. And I can't do it with this in my ear.
0: Oh man, I'm I'm sorry, man. I don't know where that's coming from. Uh, I didn't want to mess up your big reveal. Where where is that coming from?
2: Oh, you guys are still here. Wait a second. Who
1: are you? Where'd you come from? I do
2: the show right after yours.
1: Show (laughs) after no
2: show after ours. It's not how podcasts work, dude. Beats me. I'm not a podcast expert. I'm a financial expert. Okay.
0: Wow, what what a strange coincidence! We just did an episode all about investing.
2: Oh, really? Well, uh, have you guys ever heard of Deep F'n Value?
1: Oh, that's the financial analyst they say is actually responsible for the whole GameStop short squeeze we just talked about. We yeah, we were just talking about him.
2: Yeah, well, uh, that's my bro. That's my brother. Uh, my name. Is shallow heckin' value, huh? Oh, huh? Very close. I get it. I also do an investment research show, just like my brother. Be sure to punch that like and subscribe button, my dudes. <laughs> wow,
1: cheesy, uh, salesy <laughs> thing there. Um, yeah, you've got some pretty big shoes to fill. If that's actually your brother, he's pretty much a legend.
2: <laughs> legend, whatever, please. You got that backwards. I, I have the top-rated financial channel, and all of YouTube in Liechtenstein.
0: Oh, oh wow, we all know how coveted that Liechtenstein market is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, shallow heckin' value, uh, what sort of financial advice can you give us?
2: Well, since you asked, let me state for the record, this is not financial advice, merely educational content that will absolutely get you stinking rich if you do what I say.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, you're going in both directions here. That's a very mixed message, Mr. Value.
2: Well, try this on for size. Tip number one, the hottest trend in finance is to go to a place and fill out what is called an employment application. You then interview and provide a place with what we in the industry called A resume or resume, if you know you're French, it's a French word. (laughs) If you are successful, you will then go there several hours a day and do things for you know people. After that, get ready to back that money truck up, as you will be rewarded handsomely with. That's right, money, 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 Ah. money. Dominance hashtag.
1: Diamond hands hashtag. I think what you just described is what most people would call a job.
2: Oh, I see. I'm not the only financial expert in the studio.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, what other expert information can you share with us?
2: Well, let's see. Let's see. Some of the more savvy investors utilize a similar strategy, but with one notable difference. Instead of doing things at a place they do not do things at a place <laughs> you still realize huge profits but you have to fill out an entirely different application though
1: so would that be what is called like an unemployment application?
2: whoa does this guy want some 10 days or what follow me for more financial advice
0: that
2: subscribe button
0: I am I'm having my mind blown here.
2: I ever tell you boys about that time Leonardo DiCapricorn Capricorn followed me to learn about his investing for his big role in that investing movie? What was it? The uh the Wolf uh w- w- yeah. no wait Titanic. That's the one. That's <laughs> yes. the one.
1: Yes, that is his uh investing movie. Um, no, that story you referenced, we've not heard of it since we just met you.
2: Uh, well, listen, guys, it's been great. Uh, but I really need to get you out of my studio so I can get on the air uh if i give you the biggest game stoppiest piece of advice you'll ever hear in your entire lives will you get the heck out of here
1: you know what you ruined our whole segment where i was going to yeah. reveal something like that so sure why don't you give it a shot
2: okay you listening yep listening close okay you ever heard of coin what do you mean like cryptocurrency Crypt- what yeah yeah whatever okay sure I'm launching a coin that's a cannot lose value. It's like having your own money print. All
1: right. Call me a bit skeptical, but, uh, okay. What's your coin called?
2: Well, Mr. Financial Planner Dan, this brand new limited edition, one-of-a-kind opportunity coin eh? yes, Go is on. a gold-plated Commemorative coin collection celebrating the hit television series Mama's Family. That's right. Out, Featuring yeah. such cast members as Ken Berry, Dorothy Lyman, and the incomparable Vicki Lawrence. Of course.
0: Okay. Okay. Shallow Heck and Value. Thanks for undoubtedly making Dan and I very rich. Vicki uh, Lawrence. Agreed. Agreed. National treasure. But we have to go. Be sure to subscribe to Men Seeking Tomahawks on your preferred podcast app become a tomahawk seeking person by finding us on your social media channels and to hear more from the musicians featured on today's program go to menseekingtomahawks.com for dan i'm jack
1: for jack and this guy pushing me away from my desk okay get Get out. out
2: get out